This episode of MBSing is sponsored by Overcast, a better podcast app than whatever you're using right now. Unless it's Overcast. Get Overcast for free on the App Store. I do my hair toss, check my nails. Baby, how you feeling? Hello, welcome to MBSing. I'm your host, Mary Beth Smith. My guest today is my friend Andy Kushner, and he talks to me about his love of writing. As someone who came to Chicago uh, thinking that his path was going to be more studying comedy and being a performer, he maybe not so quickly realized that that wasn't where he was the happiest. It more uh, gave him stress and anxiety than anything else. And he's uh, slowly come to the realization that what makes him more fulfilled and uh, more enlightened is being a writer more primarily and not being a performer. So we kind of dig into how that came to pass and what life has been like on the other side as a uh, essentially a professional uh, writer and aspiring uh, more full-time writer. I suppose Andy would give himself the credit for. If you'd like to see some of the projects that Andy has worked on so far and describes in this conversation, you can check out andykushner.com. So if you want context going into it, have at it. If you want to check some of those out afterwards, just to, in retrospect, uh, put some projects with their titles, I think that would be a fun thing for you to explore as well. If you enjoy this conversation, might I recommend fellow Chicago podcast co-op member show Write Club. It's literature as blood sport. It's a recording of a live show wherein two writers brought in uh, opposing sides uh, and did a bit of a, a debate style show so if that sounds enjoyable to you if you really get into the idea of writing pieces uh, against one another as some sort of competition then I would encourage you to check out Write Club. If you would like to see a live show in the coming weeks, might I recommend on December 17th, the Nerdlogs will be having their monthly Your Stories show at the Beat Kitchen here in Chicago, Illinois. It's at 7 o'clock. This uh, particular show's lineup it has the storytellers that were voted on as giving some of the best stories of the year this year uh, based on people who listen to and attend the shows voting on them so this is genuinely a best of I can't recommend the show enough to uh, people who will be in the area for that there will also be a live band uh, doing cover songs at, at the top in the middle at the end it's going to be uh, a whole experience and I'm looking forward to it myself so I hope I will see you there you can get more details on that whole thing at nerdalogs.com and if you are listening to this episode on the day it's released you have the uh, opportunity to witness the uh, second and final round of a Starcraft video game tournament that I have been hosting this week. So if you would like to support a charity Starcraft tournament and see some uh, writers and game makers and comedians of note uh, compete against each other in 
uh, StarCraft, then I would encourage you to tune in to World Builders uh, Charity StarCraft Tournament. If you're not familiar with World Builders, it's a charity uh, started by Patrick Rothfuss, the author, to uh, send money to Heifer International, which uh, helps hook up people in uh, underprivileged situations with um, farm animals and clean water and things of this nature that uh, they can then turn into a more sustainable lifestyle. So Heifer International um, doesn't just hand out a goat. It uh, teaches the people to raise a goat and to get its milk and to use it and turn that into a sustainable lifestyle. So it's a pretty cool cause. Uh, The first night of the tournament this past Monday was totally joyful and fun. You can watch the whole thing at twitch.com slash worldbuilders, but you can also uh, play along of sorts if you want to tune in tonight. That's December 6th at uh, 8 o'clock. We will have our first match, and uh, you can also donate to those teams and worldbuilders to uh, feel even more like you're participating, uh, have the possibility of getting some prizes from Blizzard, which is the company that made StarCraft. So there's uh, some incentive for you to watch and participate. There is, uh, I would absolutely encourage you to check out World Builders in general and uh, the work that they do and the kinds of things that they do to raise money for Heifer International. And uh, I just have had a really great time hosting that tournament thus far and am excited to uh, see it out uh, tonight if you happen to be listening this on Wednesday, December 6th. If you're not, you can go back and watch it. Like I said, twitch.tv slash worldbuilders. I think I said twitch.com the first time. But, you know, if you're really jotting all this down and putting it in the thing, I think you'll end up in the right place. This conversation is so warm and interesting and creative and definitely gets into the psyche of uh, what it's like to try to... uh, be a writer with your life and the questions that arise and the things that one might learn along the way. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy. Um, actually, today, uh, something that they set up through, uh, uh, like, like one of actually Joe, uh, my boss slash wife. <laughs> um, <laughs> what if you just found out now that both Julia and Joe made us all call them our wives? <laughs> You know, it's just like a title thing. And it's not just you. It's just, yes, everybody. Boss, My boss, boss slash, slash wife, wife, as everyone references We're, we're a family them. here. Um, but they had us set up this thing through one of our friends who's a um, choreographer and owns her own dance company. And she's also a Pilates teacher. And it was this thing called, like, uh, the creative core. And it was all about, like, ex- like um, exploring your body and getting in touch with your body and also, like, and shaking out the mess within as well as, like, the mess within your mind. And so we did, like, some free writing. We did some Pilates stuff. We did some, like, like yeah, just getting in touch with your body and then also, like, writing some goal stuff. And it was just, like, a lot of us uh, from the room as well as, like, some other, uh, like, Emma Pope was there. And, cool. And, um, and then there was a lot of, like, dancers and other people that I didn't know from, like, different creative communities. And uh-huh. it was... It was cool. It was just cool to like be in a space with like 
different artists and people of all walks of life and like um maybe thinking about how you approach things differently yeah. than you might on yeah. a day-to-day basis yeah one of our uh uh some one of the writers in the room also a mutual friend of ours is uh, uh Anji kim and she was talking about how she feels that like her whole body is like hunched forward and Ooh. curved. Yes. And I relate to this. Yeah. And it's like uh it's tension and it's like almost like a literal circle and it's just circling into it and it, and the whole process is circling over and over again oh of the tension, gosh. the work, the tension, the work. Yeah. And just like releasing some of that and feeling more open and free and like it, yeah, sure it's like hippy dippy, like a little more like But man, zen, like, I I took an on-camera class uh, not too long ago over the summer and I having to look at my own posture and the way that my body settles was yeah, that's tough. Whew, that's it, tough. it was really eye-opening. Yeah. Like it made me so much more aware of the way that tension like lays on my frame. Yes, yes absolutely. Because I definitely real. relate to that yeah. kind of curvature. Oh my God, yeah. Oh, I have, I've had a, like a back and a neck injury and just like that same stuff, like a bold disc in my back and like neck tension and, and like, uh, I've turned all of my injuries into accessories <laughs> and I'm like, I have a computer raise thing. I have now like a oh, mouse and a, dete- you know, a wireless oh, keyboard, so but it's like just all about like releasing some of that tension in your neck and like, right. And your whole body and like feeling more to, free to I need to do create. something like that. It's, uh. I mean, I got to tell you, I wouldn't have done it when I was like 22 because I wanted to be Mr. Cool. But now it's like, fuck it, man, I turned 31 this week. Like, uh, like, I got to be me and I got to protect me. (laughs) Yeah, man, it's so funny the way that you slowly kind of discover those things. Well, I mean, you understand that like, you look back and you're like, how did my, when you're a kid, you're like, him hey, my dad wears a fanny pack. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then you're like, no, he doesn't give a shit because like he knows he's got to keep stuff on him and like he's got the sunscreen. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> like it's functional. You, you choose function over form at a certain point, I think. <laughs> For sure. I definitely feel like uh, in, the, in that position too of, you know, being at your computer being more than just passive, yes. you know, recreational use of a computer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you constant. I mean, literally everything you do is on it. So it's like, all right, I guess I got to commit to it because, like, even thinking about like evolutionary stuff, like we as humans have evolved in a way of like, like moving about space. But the way in which our world has developed, we have made it so we have to move less, and our body has been evolved for a different kind of world so it's like we weren't made to be hunched over and looking and 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 our shoulders curved in and reaching towards a computer and neck pushed forward and it's like oh maybe i should like do something to counteract that because i mean i worked at a retirement home and i saw a million oh my people gosh. just with their necks you know chins and necks just at their chest and yes. it's like Ooh, I don't want to be like that. Oh, I, it really gives me pangs if Truly. I see someone like trying to cross the street and they can't even, you know, look in front of them. They're like looking down yeah. and I'm yeah. just like, ah, oh, that's going to be me. It's tough. It's tough. And luckily we have the resources to try and do that. Anyways, I'm a <laughs> barrel of fun and medical <laughs> advice. <laughs> no, I love it. It, I, it already, I mean, it prove, it holds true for what you said in terms of this being the thing that really encompasses all of your, you know, yeah, habits. And, absolutely. For sure. Well, yeah. my guest today 
is Andy Kushner, and we're going to talk about his love of and knowledge of writing. And we've already been <laughs> toe-dipping into <laughs> the things that come along with that. Uh, what would you say is the origin of your love? Uh, well, first of all, thank you for having me. Of course. Um, thank you for doing it. Yeah. Happy pleasure. birthday. Oh, thank you. It's in two days. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, so the origin of my love of writing. Um, well, you know, I, I started out um, uh, performing, and um, and, uh, and and as a kid, I'd make my own videos and stuff uh, occasionally, and and I would write the whole thing, and and I would sometimes edit it, and and I would just like have an absolute ball with it, and. And then when I was like, so you just kind of did everything. You yeah. would write your own. Do, would you really write scripts? Yeah, yeah. I did it a couple times uh, in school, and and uh, and then we make a whole video, and it was like kind of like these, like um, I mean, they're they're so dumb, but it was just like I would have so much fun, and and then in college I was like, well, that was fun. Time to put on a suit, right? <laughs> you know, of like course. whatever nineteen-year-old's idea of what like you're supposed to do, right? And so I kind of just put toss that aside and then like eventually came back to like maybe I want to be a stand up and so I started doing stand up for years wow. and and um then I found improv and sketch and put the stand up on the side and anyways kind of just like bounced around back and forth until finally like I realized that like the anxiety in which I was getting from performing. Like, I was a guy who was at, like, a black box theater in the bathroom puking before shows. Buddy. Like, <laughs> truly, yeah. I mean, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, my, it's not worth it. I mean, you uh, brought up kind of, like, going through the 5B process earlier, I think. But, yeah, my fiancé, who is also more of a writer than anything else creatively, uh, had that... When he went through five beats, he threw up like before oh a couple God. of them, and I was just like, "It does not to me. It doesn't make sense at all." Yeah. And to him, the opposite is true. Like the Truly. fact that you wouldn't throw yeah. up is mind boggling. I, I it honestly it didn't make sense to me because I was like, I said I wanted to do this. I've thought about doing it since I was like fourteen. Here wow. we are, and guess what? Like nine times out of ten, like even if it goes well, the amount of anxiety leading up to it is not outweighing the joy uh, that it might result in. And so, um, but I had this, I went to LA for this internship and I got to like pitch all these projects to this production company and they like agreed to start pitching them to companies and stuff and they seemed to like my ideas. So I got more confidence as a writer. And um, when I came back, I slowly but surely like transitioned out to improv and I was doing stand up. and then I filmed a web series with uh, a buddy of mine and I came home from the first day of shooting, and my now wife, Joe, was like, you're glowing. You're beaming. Aww. Like, I've never seen you this happy. And I was like, she's like, this is what you should be doing. You you don't come home this happy from stand-up. I was like, yeah, this was what I want to do. And kind of without thinking about it, I just never did it again. And, wow. And I've just been uh, writing and, and some directing for the last four years almost and and just never been happier. Um, but it was it was definitely a struggle because – all my friends are in, in my entire community is the, the people that you met through performing. And yeah, yeah. it's a performing community. And you feel like if I stop doing that, then I'm not in the group anymore. Then I'm not in the gang. And I definitely felt like some trepidation and some, um, uh, I, I definitely felt like I was, I was, uh, I was going to be like almost unintentionally ousted. Like I was, I, I wasn't going to be part of the group anymore. And I just wanted to continue that same thing. But, but eventually you, you realize, like, 
nobody cares. <laughs> also, I'm still working with all those people and asking them to be in my of things. Of course. And now I can go enjoy their comedy and A, not feel like some weird competition thing. And B, which I didn't really have, but and, uh, and B, like, I can not worry about am I going on next or yeah. anything. And, and I've just kind of been like, found a more like um, the peace since then. So it's been that it's been great. Is so interesting to have all of that kind of sneak up on you. Yeah. And you try to kind of <laughs> fight against it for oh my, a while. For it so sounds long. like Yeah. And you know, I uh, another <laughs> actually ended up finding out years later and he still performs, but I think he's probably got a better handle on it. Friend of mine was on my like playground team and I finally found out we found out together years later that we were puking in the in the bathroom. Oh my god! The two, bathrooms the two bathrooms at the playground were being taken up by me and him. Wow! Before, <laughs> before like shows. improv for, shows for five people, oh, for five people, Andy. And it's like, yeah, it was just like not worth it. And also, like, I was the guy. I was the guy who would like leave an improv show and be like, on my walk home, be like, man, I should have said this. Should have right. said that. And I was like, oh. That's why you should be a writer, because like course. this isn't your this isn't your strength or your skill, and it doesn't mean you're not funny or whatever. It's just like there's a lot of like things that you have in your head of like what you're supposed to be or or um, or uh, what you've been told is the path or whatever. And, right. And and you just and especially being in Chicago, it's an improv town. Of course. So it's not a writer's town. Yeah. Um. So it's, yeah, it definitely took some like work of like. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. And I don't know if I would have done it without my wife, who is still a performer, because it that made it easier. It means I always had one foot. I yeah. easy, easily had a connection to the community. Yeah, as opposed to just if you weren't going to be at you know improv rehearsals anymore, <laughs> that was the only way that you got to see your friends or whatever. I mean, how sad! A terrible thing you yeah. told yourself. <laughs> yeah, I do remember somebody when the upstairs gallery was still around. May she rest. Um, that like. I was like working at a school and somebody was like, what are you doing this weekend? I was like, oh, I have a show here and doing this and that. And they were like, do you ever do anything that's like, do you ever just like hang out? I'm like, oh, I am. I am hanging out. But there is something to be said of like, are these your, and I'm not bashing the improv community, oh. but like, are these your friends or are these like essentially coworkers? Yeah. I, that is first of all, kind of like a deep seated fear, yeah. I think. And second of all, I think a reason that the community has so many, like, HR issues yes. because there is this, like, terrible line oh that God, doesn't yeah. really exist between those two things, between treating people like you're their, like, they're your friends and, uh, between, and them being coworkers, uh, cause it is this nebulous thing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now for it just means I'm like locked in a coffee <laughs> shop and like by myself and writing into a vacuum like six months of a year until I make something else. Like for <laughs> sure, every side. And, and I know I really have known a number of people who have gone through improv programs or auditions or other ways to get incorporated with the improv community because they are writers and they yeah. do they want to be writing things for people and they want to know performers yeah. yeah I think I would have had a harder time if I had gone with that intention I would have had a harder time sticking through that because I would have been like well I just want to get to doing the thing I want to do and this is getting uh, in my way but luckily 
I didn't know what I was you, doing, so mm. I was just like going full force at it. That and I came roundabout. That is kind of great that you get kind of the best of both worlds yeah. that you learned it as a performer and I, interacted I, with it. Absolutely. Him. I feel super lucky that like uh like I, I like, you know, a lot of people like to make jokes about the improv community and all that, and I'm certainly one to do that at times. Sure. But like, um I I uh I, I feel so lucky that I got to have that training and got to be here and meet all my friends and, and uh, make the things I've made because of it. Like Totally. I, yeah. It's I, invaluable. I feel totally the same way, and I think it's just uh, the biggest thing that I would like advertise to people coming into the community is that uh, that's what your priorities should be. It's yeah. like learning and getting to know people and just not taking anything too... Uh, seriously or stressfully because I, I think that's God, why terrible you talking happens. to 24 year old Andy who was just <laughs> puking in a bathroom because oh, things are too serious <laughs> yeah and like the nerves definitely weren't as much of a part of it for me yeah. but there are plenty of things that I say now that I wish I could oh have my told God, myself of five of seven course. years ago of course uh, so once you kind of uh, so you really feel like that internship was part of what swung you yeah. to be more of a writer yeah it gave me full-time. more of the confidence yeah how, what was that experience like? The internship? Yeah. Um, it was good. I uh... <laughs> Was that the first time you had kind of been writing consistently? Or well, I'd been in a sketch group for like four years. And um, and so I'd been writing like a sketch a week um, for like a while. Mm-hmm. But um, never like any sort of pilot. I didn't even know how to write anything like that or even a web series or anything like that. So I did this internship because I was like pretty depressed <laughs> and kind of in a rut and um i uh it's through something called get ready the university of dreams <gasps> oh truly it's what it's called <laughs> it costs a bunch of money that i still owe um oh. but uh it was it, like they have it for all these different career paths and it's like for college kids but i was 26 I mean, is there a like, I, maybe there's not a depressing side of the story? Who knows? We'll find out. I mean, I just think the fact that you're paying off student loans at the University <laughs> of Dreams is that's enough uh, for this to exist yeah, it's like in this space. Take Bitcoin or something. Yeah, <laughs> like you don't have to yeah. really I pay, elaborate. I, yeah, I pay my tuition in cookies. <laughs> like, um, we call them dream yeah. dollars. I mean, it's yeah. like the program is good. Uh, the name is horrible. Sure. Um, but so it was like you can you can do whatever career you want, career path. I mean, they, I think they do it for like accounting. But like, so um, I chose L.A. as one. Of, you can choose a couple cities, but I chose L.A. and they like set you up with housing. And uh, I was like, I interviewed for a couple um, production companies, and they placed you with one. Like I PA'd on some stuff. I did research for them, and then they like I had a really good uh, like the head of development for them was she was like roughly my age, and also like when you're 26, like my other the other interns were like 21. I, like I'm here to work. Like I Ooh. spent my own money. Yes. Like I I yes. am, I'm working. I was working very hard, and so I was like kind of like I was learning a lot, whereas the other ones were like drinking yeah <laughs> and, and being young of course <laughs> that's another great point about getting started in the improv community is that like a part of it is a little bit of a blessing because anything that you do after that you kind of already got yeah. all the bs For out sure. of, out of the sure. way yeah <laughs> totally um uh so yeah i then um I then ended up uh they they had this like end of the uh the, the end of the internship they had us like pitch to the whole company, like, 10 ideas 
for a web series. I think it was web series. So I pitched 10 ideas and they really liked them and they like called me up to the office and were like, we want to sell, try and sell these. Here's what the pricing breakdown was. And I was like shaking because I had never been paid for comedy. And oh. the, the idea that professional people liked my ideas was like more validation than I could have ever thought of. Of course. And I like kept a communication with them for like six months when I got back of like rewrites for different pitches for different outlets and stuff. And, and then the head of development ended up leaving and kind of my communication kind of mm. fell off. But um, I still talk to her and she's with a different company and, and has gotten me some work at times. But like, yeah, yeah, it was just like um, that That's validation awesome. goes so such a long way. And even though nothing happened, I made zero dollars out of it. I got to see like what it means to like write a treatment and like plot out episodes and see a story arc and like totally invaluable experience. Yeah. yeah. So you know what? University of Dreams plug. Here we come. <laughs> Dreams, baby. This segment sponsored by University of Dreams. I do think, though, that, uh, you know, as things move along and as college gets more expensive and, you know, people like yourself who went in thinking like, well, I just got to, you know, strap on my suit now. I think <laughs> that mentality is kind of going away a little more. And the idea that this program gave you such practical experience yeah is what you should be paying for yeah you know yeah totally because there's like uh we actually were talking in that creative core class that i mentioned earlier that like um the there's such a lack of trajectory in uh in the arts and sometimes that can be overwhelming yes. and so to be provided the occasional structure can like do so much to be like i am on the right plan and honestly it could do a lot for you but could also do a lot for like reporting back to your parents like yeah. like these listen I'm on step A and then like there is a step B and C and like I will get there and just being able to like show some sort of forethought is is invaluable at times I can't imagine so what uh did your trajectory continue to look like after that um so yeah I came back and I, I made uh, a couple web series uh one that was called through the door that was um I watched at least oh, a couple nice. of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad you watched. I absolutely um, did. They're great. Oh, thanks, man. Um, and that was just like a thing that I had actually pitched to that production company. And um, it was like a soup. I just thought of like, what's the, something I, I could feasibly get people to film uh, that is course. simple. And like just about like couples getting into an argument. One person locks himself in the bathroom door and the conversation takes place between the door. It the was door. so, it was such a simple concept and such a, great idea for oh, like thanks, a man. first project i you know sorry i, I hadn't <laughs> no, no. even like i was like whoa i haven't thought about that in so long but i absolutely watched some of those oh, thanks, like, man. the cast was great and yeah it was I, I that was something that was like i reached out to like i think it did six episodes so there were 12 people and all, 12 out of 12 said yes oh. and i didn't even know like one or two of them and it was like flattering and like i just it was like, okay, I'm doing this. And luckily I had an insanely talented uh, director and DP, Mike Malarkey, mm. and another nice guy who's very talented and had a lot of connections. He's so good. Um, Steve Sullivan produced it. and Great. And, um, and uh, Mike uh, uh, edited one, like the first episode, and then we had this editor through like one of Steve's connections, and it was like a student, and it was like not going so well. So I ended up taking back the footage and teaching myself to edit. Nice. And like that skill has been like invaluable for like knowing, like shaping the way I write, just learning how like things get chopped up. Yes. And like 
you know, getting notes from Mike on it as well. It was just like, it was a really helpful experience. And now I, I like always want to edit my stuff. Really? Yeah. So you, have you continued to do that since then? Yeah. For the most part, um, I, anything that you've self-produced, I suppose. Uh, yeah. I mean, I did another, I did the next web series I did was called power couple. And, um, and the guys who directed that, uh, Sean Bowers and Colin Hogan, they, they edited it for, um, uh, oh, they, they, nice. they were directing and they, they wanted to edit, which they did a great job and yeah, it was super fun. Um, but then I've done some like, like a pilot pre- presentation, um, called rivers. That was like, I, I edited most of that. Um, Marty's, uh, Scuzbo helped me edit as well. And then I'm, I, I just filmed a pilot last summer and I'm, uh, in the process of editing that. So it's. Yeah, I try. I try to at least do like the cutting together, and then any like special effects, I'll send to somebody like a sure. friend or something. Yeah. That's awesome yeah. that you have the ability to kind of you know throw together what you also think it looks like on the screen. For as sure. To yeah. Just on the page. Yeah. Uh, so in the writing process for those projects, uh, what were those experiences like, and how has that gotten uh, kind of like? Yeah, shifted over the years. You know, uh, actually, while I was at that internship, I um, I watched this clip from like 1991 of John Cleese like speaking at this like banquet, mm-hmm. and it's like he's talking about the creative space and about how like when you sit down to write, you can't just sit down and like begin. Like you need to allow yourself like time for your mind to wander and to like enter into that creative space. And, and once you're there, you have like two hours to three hours of like maximum productivity and around hour three or four, it begins to dwindle and, and you get diminishing returns. And it was for somebody like me at the age of like 26, it was deeply impactful because like you, it's like one of those things where even though nobody's in the room, you sit down to write and you're in your head, you're like, well, you say you're funny start right oh god yeah it's kind of we were talking about this a little bit uh before we started chatting on mic but it is kind of humiliating yeah to sit down and just be like uh i think i'm good enough (laughs) to do to create something out of nothing for other people to consume it is strangely humiliating what a moronic thought for me to have truly (laughs) truly and like then like I can go as self-effacing as like, I mean, you grew up in a normal <laughs> fucking childhood and had nice parents. Right. And like you, I mean, the world essentially has been handed to you. Yeah. You're a white man. What the hell do you have to say? And it's like, whoa, you got uh, there quick. Just like, <laughs> <laughs> but it is kind of fascinating to think about. And this is me kind of considering this for the first time. You having that process at a keyboard when you're trying to write versus having that process in the bathroom of the playground theater <laughs> like five minutes before you're about to do improv because it's totally the same it experience. Is. It definitely is. It definitely comes from a, um, a like a lack of confidence or just like, um, yeah, just a thought that like that, that terrible voice in your head and, and allowing was- it to get louder and louder. Yeah, a lack of confidence or an overwhelming amount of self-awareness. Yes. <laughs> Somewhere in between. <laughs> yes, yes. It's like it's like too much. Like yeah. dial everything back just a little bit. Some of it's healthy and you need it. Otherwise, you're a horrible human. But like... Of course. But yeah, you just... I mean, so, so hearing that, like, that like, hey, when you sit on your computer, go on Facebook 
for 10 minutes. Let your mind wander. And time after time, I do that. I answer some emails. I do whatever. And then, like, I find that I'm off and going and, like, and that everything's fine. And, and you didn't have to consciously go and yeah. writing. And, 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 yes. And on top of that, what it's done is, like, when I first began, like, just writing sketches, it would take, like, an hour and a half of me lying on the couch toying with the idea of going to write because of a fear. <laughs> oh, yes. And now it's cut that out. It's, like, saved me, like, an hour and a half, two hours of just, like, oh, should I get up? Should I get up? And you just uh, have to go and, and be like, there. Just go. You're fine. Like, use the walk to over to the coffee shop to, like, get out of your head or answer some emails, call your mom, like, whatever. Like, it's not that big of a deal that's <laughs> truly. so imperative i know i mean i just put i think that we all do like put so much pressure on ourselves and the stakes become so high and it's like you're just at a coffee shop right for yourself <laughs> like it's not that big of a deal <laughs> yeah yeah so do you feel like that over the years has gotten easier like definitely definitely um i've like begun to written like you know four pilots in a screenplay now and like continue to write and my writing practice is like I write, I would say, anywhere between five and six days a week, uh, like three to four hours a day. And, like, I, I mean, it's just it's nerdy as hell, but it's just what I like doing. You, yeah. Uh, it's like working out to me. It's like I just feel better after I do it. Um, but, like, there is this thing where it's like, and this is something I mentioned, like, off mic, where, like, I struggled to come in here and talk about this because it's like, uh, why are you always so one track minded? It's like, <laughs> dude, get a fucking hobby. And, and like, that's something that like, I've talked with like a therapist before. It was like, like I got to try and find happiness outside of this because currently it is my career for the most part. Mm -hmm. But like when it is like when I, when I'm doing exactly what I want to be doing in the future, um, what I'm, where am I going to find happiness outside mm. of it? Because, because my, my work day will be taken up and then I'll have free time. And like, right. where are you finding your happiness? And and uh, because your work day can't be all day, I don't want to be one of those people. Yeah, but yeah, it's uh, that's the thing that's like, like um, you know, you work so hard, you grind so hard, and then like, what happens when you get it? Like, uh, all of a sudden you're there, and like you have to look around and kind of take stock of like, was it all worth it? And like, where, what do I do with this new free time? Yeah. Wow. So even uh, when did you kind of cross that threshold of what became a little more full time writing work? Um, well, uh, like a year and a half, almost two years ago, I started working at Cards Against Humanity and that started out as part time and it's still part time, but the hours have increased. Um, and then um, last year, I uh, started working on a TV show for Freeform uh, in LA, and um, and and like so that was a you know full time gig in TV, and that that became I mean truly though like the first time I got I've been I've been doing this for six years and like just in something creative in that field and. Um, that that job with cards was the first time I'd ever been paid for comedy. And it's like, it's kind of funny to look back and be like, why'd you keep going? <laughs> like, yeah. like nobody gave you that much positive reinforcement. <laughs> like, like it took six plus years of just like nothing. Yeah. Truly just nothing. So 
so yeah so since since cards happened um in march of 2016 it's been like it's become more of like a like a profession are you gonna be are you continuing to work on the freeform show uh it's unclear it's unclear if it's coming back or not gotcha and i that's okay Gotcha. It was a great experience, I'm sure. sure. Yeah, absolutely. And if it comes back around, it will continue to be one. Yeah. Yeah, for <laughs> <Gotcha>. sure. <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah, I wasn't sure uh, what the, you know, where that landed, but I'm sure that's so much of a part of the industry and what you're doing in it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's um, scary to think that, like, the thing that we're all striving for initially is, like, a 13-week contract. <laughs> because that ends and like unless you're on like a late night show and your contract continually gets picked up like you're gonna have to move across the country for three months and then cross your fingers and it's like yeah. that's a gamble if you're in a relationship or you have a family or it's and you don't live there so it's like it's um yeah it's definitely like uh it's it can be it can weigh on you for sure i'm sure i how do you feel like those projects, you know, working here at Cards, uh, working on a show, have influenced your writing habits? Like, you know, you mentioned that uh, at the end of the day, <laughs> that's usually when you would, you know, yeah, start working on stuff. But so for me, like, I oh, I'm always like so one, like I mentioned, one track minded, and I and I need to be able to let the joy into my life a little more and knowing that like also like having in the back of my mind like if I do that if I if I let myself experience life a little bit more it also like positively impacts like any creative work so like trying to trying to um allow that to come in more has definitely been helpful and um so kind of a matter of consciously differentiating those times whereas yeah before it was probably your lifestyle was probably just to where you had to compartmentalize yeah 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 for sure yeah it's uh i feel very lucky to to work here and and the i mean the room is all we're just all friends and like so it's definitely it's definitely a a luxury to like have that and it provides free time to like work on your own stuff and yeah that's awesome i Definitely no, uh, <laughs> not even, you know, working fully part-time, but having, you know, through the podcast co-op and other uh, uh, opportunities from cards, it really does. I mean, I said this when we were sitting down, that it just lends so much of an air of legitimacy to what you Absolutely. do. Absolutely, It makes you actually feel like a creative. Oh, my God. It's so crazy because it's like you – it's always that thing of like <laughs> – like if I died today, the the obituary would be like aspiring writer, and it's like motherfucker, I've been doing this for like seven <laughs> years, but like yes, it is aspiring. It is like theoretic, like it definitely is, and like you work so hard for so long, and you get this like, like yes, this provides so much legitimacy. I couldn't get anybody to respond to any emails for something I made and then I got this job and said hi I'm a writer for Cards Against Humanity and like every single uh, so so much more so much more communication was was granted because I wasn't just some random person yeah it's very strange because it's not this is not the thing this is not the place I thought would give me legitimacy of course not and I think that kind of goes back to like when you're in the position that you think you want to get to that 
that ceiling just kind of keeps ticking up. Oh my god, yeah, I know. There, I think um, Judd Apatow was talking about it on uh, WTF about how like looking around and like like working so hard and taking stock and being like, what is this all for? Why am I doing all of this? Like, like what? It, it, so I can have a bigger house, so I can have more money. Like, I mean, life is pretty good, and maybe I should enjoy it a little bit more. So, like, trying to like enjoy the work I'm doing while I'm doing it is a struggle for me, and I'm just trying to do that and not think about the, like you said, the next ceiling and the next ceiling and the next ceiling is is something I struggle with for sure. Interesting. Yeah. Do you feel like when you write, you are driven by that need for you know financial or professional security i think um that's a good question i think that as uh joe my wife and i get older i like yeah it's definitely it's definitely it's not not in the way of like i want to make a ton of money it's just like just like let's do a good job on this on this packet you're submitting so you can like provide more so we can just have a salary we can have yeah. more money we can we can have the things we want we can have the life we want like yeah there's there's some of that and like as we talk more about like having a family like of course i you know i don't want to i, I want to have like a steady gig and, and it's unsustainable you know. to think about leaving for three months to exactly work a gig that oh may not lead to anything else the hypotheticals that. i can create that are i can take getting a dream job and make it into a disaster scenario like that like it is nuts it's a it's a rare skill but i have it for sure <laughs> hey you get a dream job but then what i have to leave my wife and what if she's pregnant and then what if uh she goes into labor and then i'm not there and and i have to fly back and but it's a red eye i mean like it's like right. truly i can get there very very quickly and there's still so much there's still so many more question marks surrounding like and will it be worth it if I keep oh having to fly back and forth? You know, oh God, it's yeah. that whatever that line that, you know, Judd Apatow can talk of from a position of knowing that he is financially secure, yeah. like, period. <laughs> yes, truly. And it's like, because it's one of those things where it's like, even if you got to that level, like, why does he keep making stuff? It's like, well, that's what he likes to do and that's what he wants to do. And like, I think on some level, most of us are like that, like... Most of us don't like. It's rare that you like um, get to the top of your profession and then go, "Great, I'm set for life. I'm done. I was doing this for this." Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, th- there those actors are out there. There are a few of them, but yeah. But it's I don't rare. know why Rick Moranis is coming. Oh my to god, <laughs> that's exactly who I was thinking of. But I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm so weird. Forgetting his name, <laughs> yeah. but. I was just going to be like, honey, I shrunk the kids. I think uh, he's really notorious for getting to a point and just being like, you know what? Not super happy with this. Uh, I mean, kudos to him. Absolutely. I wish I could be him. I kind of do too. There's so many times in my life where I ask myself like, MB, you went to school for chemistry. Like you have a chemistry job. You could just be content with you could just, yeah. a job in that field. Oh my God. Yeah. And that's what everyone does. Yeah. Not everyone, but... It's an amazing thing. So many people do. Yeah. And it could just, that could be it. And you wouldn't have to do any of this other stuff. And you'd make so much more money. Like, (laughs) just like think about that so much. Of course. Of course. But like, you have this thing in you and you want to do it and you're having a ball doing it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think it's just, it really does continue to be the question that you 
circle back to it, at least in my experience. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, I think that's just like one of those demons we all have. Like, like, couldn't I be doing something? Like, I have a, I have a teaching degree. Like, <laughs> I taught for a year. Like, shouldn't I be out there helping kids? And it was like, well, yeah. Probably. Right. <laughs> but, like, the drive in me is not towards that. And, right. And, like, would I be even would I be even helping if right. I were doing that? Yeah. Would you even be a good chemist? Exactly. <laughs> if you were putting your best chemist foot forward. Right. If, if you don't actually enjoy it and aren't, you know, can't convince yourself that that's what's going to make you the most happy, is that helpful? In Truly. The end? Yeah. Absolutely. I guess then... Uh, how do you feel like you most often land on things that you write about? That's a good question. I think about like, like I think a lot lately, like the, the, um, I, I, as I become, as I, as I get a little bit older and I'm not just writing because it's funny mm. and I'm thinking about why tell this or it, like, what do I have to say about this? I think is important because like, I can write jokes and a lot of other people can write jokes, but like why does this story need to be told is important. Like there are many movies that have great jokes, but the movie sucks or the show sucks. Like sure. it, it doesn't carry weight. So I've been trying to think about that more lately of like, like I, I you know, for example, I made this pilot this past year and, and it was in, uh, we filmed it in August of 2016 and um, it's almost finished. And I really, I do like it. But it was in a pre-Trump world. Mm. And and now, although I do like it, there is a part of me that's like, why did I make this? Like, it, it's like a show, it's like a mockumentary, paranormal, ghost hunter, like, you know, comedy. And it's, and I do like it and it's really funny. And a lot of people you and I both know are in it and, and they do a great job. And, 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 and I think people will like it. All that being said... Just feel like there are more. I know there are more important stories to tell, and that is something that's been like on my mind lately. Or like, because that story is just that's just fun and like yeah. yeah, And and I'm thinking more about like why am I telling this? Why does this need to be told? Which like I'm still like on that journey to like find those things and and discover why. Yeah. So you think your writing has shifted more into that realm since then? Not even like political by any means, but just like um, like uh, working with people that have uh, like Lisa Beasley and I as a writer of cards um, were are I think, believe we're still talking about like doing a project together that was like talking more about the south side and i obviously approached her because i had this idea but it's like her story to tell and i and she was very, she's very interested in it and the whole idea being that like i have no business telling this story but i think i can help facilitate this story with this like foil with this setup and then she can fill in the gaps and like that story about like the side of the south side that most of us in chicago don't see and the way it's portrayed is I feel like important, but again, like also knowing my place. Sure. Um, so I, I'm just trying to be more of a conscious storyteller, which like sounds like I'm up my own ass, but like I'm just trying to be, hold myself to a higher standard lately. Of course. It's, uh, you know, I think it does go back to that self-awareness question, you know, having to 
be able to check your place in the world at large and in this community in particular. Um, I mean, I feel like we've hit a really interesting point in film because I feel like I've watched movies that like, and even, you know, uh, TV projects that like would have felt different to watch if... (laughs) Hillary had been elected. For sure. Like, yeah, absolutely. It's just true. It's affecting everything. I mean, yeah. it affects, you know, as silly, using quotes as a show, is like Broad City. It's it's a storyline. It's yeah. there. And I really liked watching them addressing it, you it was, know? It's great. I it's really wonderful. liked being able to have seen that transition from, you know, women who just liked writing comedy and working together and creating things yeah. to really you know, write about things that yeah. they feel inspired by and, uh, uh, you know, more important, I guess, quote-unquote, uh, ideas. Absolutely. And and I think that, like, part of that uh, being conscious thing is, like, I am more uh, keen to notice the, like, um, like representation and diversity on, in, in, on screen. And, like, a friend of mine said, like, you know, if your project doesn't have people of color in it, I have no interest in watching it because that's not a world in which I live in. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, uh, and and so when I see some show that's just like a bunch of white dudes, there's I I I, I, I my first thought now is like, why? Mm-hmm. Why is that the case? Why is this happening? There, there, there deserves to be more um, of. You know, a, a, there deserves to be more voices out there, and and while I am a white man, I would hope that I could help to facilitate those opportunities, whether it be in like a producing role or or, or um or like a co-writing role, because because uh because like the world has enough of my voice in out there. I wanted to ask before you mentioned working with Lisa if you ever worked in tandem with someone as a writer is that would that be a newer endeavor for you or do you feel like um so the pilot i wrote i wrote with my friend um carly mosley um and we wrote and i directed and she starred in it um the the ghost one and that was an interesting process um i think sometimes i definitely like you know not everybody writes Four to five hours, five days a week. That is so much. I, yeah, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm moving at too quick of a pace sometimes to like collaborate, and that's something I definitely like think about and beat myself up about. Of like, because because even if I'm not writing, I'm like, oh, what if this could happen, and then this could happen, and that could happen, and then they turned in a scene, and I'm like, oh, but I was kind of thinking this. That's way different and it's than like, what, yeah. So I'm trying to work on being better, a better collaborator, and and letting those. And letting other people's ideas like meld with my own and, and vice versa. Um, it's it's something I haven't perfected yet, but I'm definitely going to continue to work on it because I know it's a, it's important. I mean, writing like a, a joke with a person is super easy, but like a fully fleshed out story can be. Can be I mean, you have a, you don't realize how how much uh, you know. Talk about um, identity. You don't realize how much of an identity and like how much of like a, a path you see as right in you know when you're. When you are writing. Yeah, and what your concept of dialogue is, your pattern, things like that, trying to match all of that 
in terms of style. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and, you know, making sure. Do you uh, more often start from like an outline point and then build around that? Or what do you find is most often your uh, path to writing a script in a situation like that? I feel uh, outline for sure. Um, I, it Like if you're writing... I don't see how you could, for example, like a screenplay. I don't see how you could do it without it. I mm-hmm. mean, you're talking about like 110 pages and like things get messy real quick. Yeah. Like you lose yourself in it. You don't know what you've already done or or, or where it's headed or so. So you, I think like, like I, the screenplay I like just finished, I, I had, I had an outline that I spent like three months writing and, um, Uh, I had friends give me notes on like multiple times on it because I just didn't want to begin this long process of writing a screenplay and have like the wrong map. Sure. And, and so as much as I could set myself on the right course to begin, and that's not to say that like you're banging out and rough draft and it's complete. Like I still, it's a long process. Um, Do you find yourself doing that for other people as well? Giving notes? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I really pride myself on like giving people thoughtful notes because you want it in return. Yeah, <laughs> it's at least part of it. Like you know, it's just it's also like you learn something about your own writing and your own taste, and like yeah, it's 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 def it's definitely valuable, even in a selfish way or you know, yeah, however you view it. But it's I, I really I, I do like giving people notes if I have time. That's exactly along the lines of what I was thinking too. Is that I'm sure you get so much out of the process of being able to look at something someone else is trying to put together totally i'm uh i'm reading this book now it's i think it's called um, it's like the tv writer's guide or something i'm gonna forget the title to my backpack but it's uh it was recommended to me by a friend and like i'm at this part where it's like find your favorite show and like get the script and just like get three episodes of uh, uh from that and get three scripts and just like mirror like find out how long, like literally just from like a mathematical standpoint. Like wow. How long are the scenes? Wow. How, like, how long is Act One? Like, do are they speaking in full paragraphs or is it sentences? Like, and like, there's there's a million different like things to like count and make check marks. And it's like, well, so if you ever wanted to write a show on this show or like this show, now you have the formula. Wow. And it's like, I mean, for somebody like me that can be like a little robotic, like it, it's. Uh, it's very helpful. That sounds helpful in so many ways, especially going back to, you know, having that sense of structure and not sitting down and staring at just a blank. Yeah. It's at the very least giving a roadmap, especially as I'm sure you can speak of, speak to, because so much of writing is uh contractual <laughs> if, yeah. you know for lack of a better way to put yeah, it yeah absolutely i mean it just knowing where you're going can like take so much of the pressure off so like sometimes when i'm like when i wrote the screenplay when i was like wrapping up what i would do even though i had the outline like i would write in paragraph form what the next scene or, or if I was in the middle of a scene and had to stop, like, what, where it was going to go. Oh, cool. Just, like, in paragraph form. Like, Great. And then this character says, this character, this happens, and they get mad, and they leave. And then, and so then when I sit back down, I can be like, 
this is what happens. Oh, and I don't have to read like four pages back to realize. That is, man, that's so interesting. I've never like tried to. It's just like a bookmark. Do something like that. But it makes so much sense to be able to get out your whole thought process, even if you don't have the lines yeah. exactly in the right place. There, I was talking about this with a friend recently. And it's like, there is something depressing about finishing a project because like, because when you dreamed it, it always turns out different. <laughs> Sure. And like in your head, it was the best. Yeah. And it was this magical thing. And now it's on paper and it's in a physical form. And it's like, I mean, it's kind of there, but it's not exactly. (laughs) It's going to take a lot of work and it's not going to, it's not going to be a labor of love. It's going to be like this, like, you know, gnashing and this, this, this grind it. You're going to have to grind it out. Taking out parts that you like that every note you get is like, you have to take this out out or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) That joke sucks. There is no point to it. You just say, but yeah. Um, Right. Yeah. But like there is something like where you just have to be like, yeah, there's just this, I, I wish that there's just something. Yeah, there's something depressing about it. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but you're like, I wanted it to be more, because you, because you can, you can dream it as big as you can. I mean, the amount of times I could go from like, all right, and then I'll write this thing, and I, it's beautiful, it's perfect in my head, and then I'll make it, and then like, you know, I'll do a couple of interviews, and then all of a sudden, next thing you know, I'm on, sure. I'm on, uh, fucking James Corden, right. <laughs> getting interviewed, red carpet <laughs> premieres. <laughs> do you think that's part of why you have enjoyed taking over other aspects of the creative process in terms of editing your own work? It, how, how do you mean? Oh, uh, video editing. Like, yeah. Do you think you and get more out of? taking the project to a more what feels more complete am I a control freak yes <laughs> yeah yeah yes yes I am Mary Beth um, I, I, but I, you see where I come yeah. from in terms of feeling let down when it's just on paper and yeah. if you continue through the rest of the process yeah it's um, I can tell you that like when you, when things of yours are edited I mean you can take the same amount of footage and make four completely different stories out of it based on the editing you could put some scary music and make a comedy a horror movie like it truly can be that simple it's editing is i mean and you know as the writer you know what you're looking for what the feel of it is yeah what it should be. be so while i can't add in like super cool like effects i can chop it up at the pace I want to and the camera angles I want and like and what takes I like and and so so doing that allows me to have a little bit more control and like honestly like some advice I got when I like started directing from a friend was like if you're going to fail do it because of the choices you make and not because you listen to other people's choices that you didn't necessarily agree with. Interesting. Which, like, that's not to say don't listen to other people. It's just, like, if you feel strongly about it and you're wrong, you'll be able to live with it more than if you were like, (laughs) fuck, why did I listen to this person in this moment? Like, When I knew I, you know, could have trusted my gut and at least seen what that outcome would have been. That's really interesting. I do think that's another big battle of trusting yourself versus trying to take into account an outside eye yeah yeah absolutely and you know again that's just like my struggle with like being an equal collaborator it's not to say i can't collaborate i just like need to be better at becoming like an equal and like and i think like i'm now beginning to relinquish some of the editing power a little bit just because like 
there's also a part of me where it's like, well, you don't want to be a professional editor. Why are you spending your time doing this? Interesting. Like, you want to be a writer. So the amount of time that you could be writing, you're now editing. So why don't you pass that off to somebody who can do a better job and you can go write your next thing. Cool. So it's like, I don't know. It's it. It's like you you have to figure out whatever process works for you and whatever you're comfortable with. But like yeah, believing that you're not the only voice. Like there are talented people. Let them be talented. And when does that kind of start to fold in on itself when do you when are you just making things worse because you've been looking at it too long (laughs) oh my god yes yes absolutely absolutely how do you feel like those tendencies are influenced by and play into your work in the writer's room at cards um well you know i think that like what i've learned is that like well first of all like working with a mostly female uh, writer's room has been in a work in a work setting has been um, ed- was sort of edifying for me in the ways that like I am able to notice the way maybe some superior is speaking to a female whereas they might give more um, they they might they get more, might give more credit to a male uh, coworker and so that has been that has been educational uh, for my own growth to see to see like oh wow um, if this, if my boss was a man in this situation they might not be getting talked down to right now um, so that has been and and working with a room uh, a, a diverse room a predominantly female room um, and uh, has been just like eye opening and I've been able to learn more from that experience about like what other people might find funny, uh, what like resonates with people. It's just, it's been a a very good experience and something that like I definitely cherish with like, um, that like, cause you know, you can get stuck in your own worldview. Yeah, of course. You can think you, you are the norm and you're like, you're not the norm, man. You're not like you're just your own. Norm. You're just your own, <laughs> and like you, it's normal to you because it's normal to you. But like, so and so grew up with like no money and no privilege, and they they do not know what the hell this experience is you speak of, and vice versa. And it's to get a bunch of people in a room that are not only from diverse backgrounds but understanding of each other, and also still find the same things funny has been like to when we connect on those things is like. Okay, so this is cool. This is universal. That's awesome. So I really do value working there um, in that way. Um, in terms of the writing process, it's like, you know, we've written, at this point, I worked there for almost two years, we've written, like, truly, like, 60,000 cards. I don't have an emotional attachment to a card. <laughs> like, they're half sentences. Yeah. They, you know. By so, definition. Yeah, somebody be like, what's, the, what's your favorite card you've written? I'm like, I don't know. I don't I, know what I've written. And I'm sure, yes, I was just about to say, I'm sure there are so many instances where you have no concept of what were even originally your jokes. Yes, absolutely. And the thing is, is like so rarely you bring in a uh, a, a card, a joke, you know, we, we have these weekly assignments and, and then it gets hi- highlighted and uh, and when the room is going over it on the spreadsheet, with the, now that it's highlighted... It gets 
touched and tainted and mangled and reformed. Most nine time, 99 times out of 100. One time out of 100, it's it's like, oh, that's perfect. A let's, joke, Let's, let's put it into the short list and maybe it'll get into the game. Right. But like <clears throat> everybody has their fingerprints on it. We always like make this joke. I mean, it's just a joke, but like I'm always like um, everybody wrote this card. We right. all wrote this card because yeah. like, everybody's throwing out stuff and like there's no judgment and like – what going to LA kind of taught me and being in a different writer's room and there were plenty of lovely people, but it was like, oh my God, I think I'm in the best writer's room I'll ever be in oh. in terms of maybe talent, but certainly friendship and like, and, and community and, and just the camaraderie that is there is like, I mean, these are my friends sure. and, and it was able to kind of develop a little more organically. Yes. And not necessarily just by necessity of who do we need for X project. Yes. It's more like who would we want in this space <laughs> writing jokes for Absolutely. us. Absolutely. Yeah. And like everybody, I mean, it's just a thing of like, um, it, it, it was just a different atmosphere. Cause like if you said a joke in there that bombs, like you might make fun of yourself or it might not, e you wouldn't think twice of it. But then you go into a room with like it's more intimidating figures through. and it, becomes like oh man nobody laughed at that and you're like you know and it makes you not want to say your joke not as friendly the it's next as, time around yeah it's not it's definitely not as friendly which is like just part of like what this growth is all about interesting um but yeah that that room is definitely something special uh cool and, and what was the room like in terms of uh did people split off into writing specific episodes? Oh, of the show? The show that you um, You know, the, uh, the host uh, had a lot of creative control. And so she, uh, everything kind of ran through her. And then we would pitch um, different like segment ideas and jokes within those segments. Gotcha. Um, so it was relatively collaborative. Where, uh, where yeah, the yeah. Uh, usually, concerned. usually at the end of the day, though, it usually came back to what the host wanted, sure. and it was usually her own, um, her own stuff, which is fine. We we had a lot of free time. <laughs> <laughs> it was okay. It was all right. That's really yeah. funny. That uh, to kind of have to feel out. I'm sure that's a job to job kind of thing too. Yeah, absolutely. To you know, I mean, and, and truly at the end of the day, it's her show. Right. She can do what she wants. Right. Like I, I'm, uh, you know, we're all there to like, to like help out yeah. help and see her vision through. So like if, whether you agree with the jokes or not, whether they're in your style or not, it doesn't really matter. It's not up to you. Because your name's not on the show. Hers right. is. So like, yeah. That has to be interesting. Uh, yeah, to have oscillated between those two. You got to remove your ego. Yeah. You got to, because you're like, because as we were talking about, like, you have your own opinions of what's funny, what works, what your patter is, how, how dialogue works in your head. And you're like, this isn't it. And it's like, <laughs> well, no, everybody's clearly saying it is, or the host is saying it is. So these are the rules we're playing by. Right. Like, so that can be, yeah, you have to like realize that, like, you're not you're not the emperor. And like, I kind of turned to some friends when I was there, people in the room that we, be, we became friends over there. And I was like, I'm kind of having this realization, like that the most fun I've ever had and will ever have is when I was just like making my own stuff with my friends. And they were like, 
oh yeah, you didn't realize that? Oh like, man. Like, I mean, there's some truth to that. Unless we all get to like become Judd Apatow. I was and, gonna say, or, unless you, know, you get somebody to work way on better than Judd Apatow, but like your you know. total dream project with all these people that you brought onto it and all this stuff on a higher yeah, platform. Absolutely. That's yeah. humbling. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's like, you know, and how rare is it that I get to go to work and see a bunch of my friends? Like, you know, we have some friends now that like work on different TV shows and there, a few of them are together and that's like, whoa, that's really cool. Yeah. But, like, you know, the stars aren't going to align most of the time. It's more, uh, sometimes more chance based than Absolutely. anything else. Absolutely. Uh, awesome. What is, how do you feel like your writing process differs when you're sitting down at a computer to rattle off a uh, hundred card jokes <laughs> versus when you're trying to write a screenplay? Um, the, I mean, it's just a matter of focus. Like the, like when you're writing cards, it's like, these are tangential, completely, uh, anthological thoughts. Nothing is tied to itself. Like there's just like randomness, uh, horrid shit that you're writing down <laughs> a lot of times um, like you don't really have to you that's the thing is like we go we do these conventions and and people come up and and um, they'll tell you what they think a card should be or sometimes there are there's a booth where like they can write their own cards and they'll come in and they'll say this heinous shit and you're like you don't get it Yep, like your joke is punching down. And now there are some cards in the game that are problematic and like we've worked to get those removed. But like there it's not just most of the time it's not heinous for heinous sake and it's not making fun of somebody who's less than or a um an ethnic group or you know you know what I mean like it's it's not punching down and and I think that's why, like, a lot of us, like, when you go home for the holidays and you run into your uncle and he tries to tell you some joke and it's offensive, it's because people not in the co- who are in the comedy world don't understand the concept of punching down. Mm-hmm. And, and they, they make this uh, an unfortunate character or group of people the butt of a joke. So that happens quite a bit. But when you're writing the cards, yeah, it's just like, I mean, I write from, like, a silly place. Most of my cards are silly, like, you know, a plate of fettuccine Alfredo. Like, something... And, and write, I'm using that term incredibly loosely, you know? <laughs> yeah. But it's literally just naming a thing. Um, <laughs> so, so, like, I, I think uh, it's a big old plate, actually. Uh, yeah, fettuccine. I think you're right. <laughs> um, so, like, like, I'm writing, like, silly things. I, I'm not writing the, like, you know... I, I don't even need to give you an example, but, like, sure. I'm not writing some horrid thing. But, um... But then, yeah, when you're, like, I, and I can do that on the couch. Mm-hmm. I can, you know, listen. It's probably more passive. Absolutely. TV can be on whatever. I couldn't do that if I were to, like, if writing screenplay, I, I go to a space. I go to a coffee shop. I go into, like, the little office we have at our house. Like, um, I usually try and go to a coffee shop because I like to get out of the house. Otherwise, I feel a little cooped up. There's more things to distract me at home. If I'm at a Starbucks, like the only thing that can distract me is like getting another coffee or going to the bathroom. Like, <laughs> right. like I'm there to be there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's 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 really just a matter of focus. Uh, what are are there time periods where that you go through where you it's easier for you to write than others. And how do you navigate those? Um, usually when I've taken a break, it comes back really hard. Mm. It, 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 it's, it's really hard. I should say it's really hard to get back into the groove. Like, cause it, it's a muscle. It's, that's why I describe it as like working out. Like 
I, that muscle has to be active. You know, any performer will tell you if they take a break from improvising or acting, like it feels weird. Like I feel nuts. Like sure, you need to work that muscle out. So, so yeah, when I when I like, I actually got that job in L.A. because we had come back from our honeymoon and like I hadn't written in a while, and so I was like, oh, I guess I'll do this packet that I got sent, and like maybe. Who know, like I took it as a writing challenge yeah. and didn't think anything of it and then it became <laughs> of course. a job. Yeah. <laughs> um but like yeah, I but it definitely was like more laborious than it should be. Like it felt like gr- it felt like grinding away. Writing the like, packet itself. Yeah, it was it was definitely tough just cuz you're and it might, some of that might be mental just in terms of like doubting yourself. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, and and thinking like, have I been gone for four weeks and nothing's funny anymore? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sure, yeah. I. It makes so much sense though that you chose to do something like that that had specific qualifications and requirements uh, when you tried to get back into it. You know, to give yourself a little bit of accountability and yeah. uh, you know structure that to ease back into something that you probably would come a little more freely or that you would want to be doing more. That makes a ton of sense to me. Yeah. Totally. To, uh, as a way to kind of break out of, Oh wait, maybe I can be a writer (laughs) again. (laughs) Maybe this is the thing I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you want to do it, you just have to have a work ethic, I think. And yeah. Uh, what do you think, your trajectory in terms of story will continue to be. I feel like there's something to a writer's first or second big project. Totally. Kind of having to get things out of the way. Yeah. Um, That's a great question. Um, You know, it's hard to say, of course, because, you know, know, not there yet. Sure. Um, It's... Uh, and I can't tell the future, but I think that like continuing to be conscious of the world around me and um, and the the casting that goes in, goes into it and the the perspectives and points of view and taking those into account. I mean, the first things I did, like I didn't think about that. Like those first web series, like I didn't I. I thought about like maybe the LGBT community. Like we had, we had an episode that that was that was an LGBT uh, couple, but for, through the door. But like mm-hmm. I I didn't take into account uh, and something definitely I think about still that like weighs on me. Like people of color and and so I, I am definitely trying to be um, make sure that I am inclusive in my storytelling and I and I. Uh, and of course, I have a lot to learn, and I and I am open to learning, and I'm, uh, I I want to keep pushing towards telling stories that will resonate with all kinds of people, and also that like involve all all walks of life, because because there's like, I mean, we don't need another like sad guy from Boston, white guy from Boston story. Like, we just don't need that anymore. We don't need any more sad white guys. Like. Yeah. So I, yeah, I think, I just, I think trying to be more conscious in my writing and, and whatever that may be, you know. Uh, what are some projects and scripts that you've been really enamored and inspired by? Oh, um, I just saw Lady Bird. Ugh, 
I was supposed to see it over the weekend. It's so good, man. But Go my passes were for Monday to Thursday. Wait, so what do you mean passes? Oh, I got passes through like a giveaway. Oh, yeah. gotcha. And I went to Century Landmark and was like, two Lady Bird you were tickets, there please. Too? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. It was a whole thing. Oh, no. Uh, so like, I've, I'm just bummed because I would have loved to have like unpacked yeah. it, but I haven't seen it yet. Um, well, it's great. Uh, Lori Metcalf is amazing in everything she does. Um and Sersha Ronan. 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 Um, she's amazing in it, and Greta Gerwig is fantastic. It's just, it's just a really cool story that is like, um, it's just like sweet and feels cozy and relatable. Um, so I really like that. Um, I've been thinking more about animation lately. Cool. I'm a huge Bob's Burgers fan. Yeah. Love Bob's Burgers. I just watched. Actually, I watched it twice through Big Mouth. I was going to ask if you had seen Big Mouth. I love Big Mouth. At times, I was like, the first time I watched it, I was like, this might be a little too raunchy for my taste. It's not a perfect show. It's definitely not a perfect show, but I really, really enjoyed it. I did too. Um, I think because like, A, I I do really like animation. And then on top of it, like I like adolescence. Like I like that age. It feels so important so much of it feels so important to be talking about i actually want to ask you i mean how did you feel obviously jesse klein was a writer on it how do you feel i felt like the female characters might have been the female's path was a little underdeveloped yes at times it definitely is but i mean it is a show about nick kroll and john mulaney's characters you know so it's tough because I agree with you. Like, I think representation is incredibly important and it's something that I've become vastly more aware of yeah. in the work that I do in the last few years. Um, and I think I just had to kind of be sure I was viewing the show through the lens of it being centrally about those yeah. two male characters, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, I think it's a little troublesome that uh, Jenny Slate voices a character that's seemingly supposed to be of color. Yeah. Yeah. That's troublesome. Like, that's, that's. That's something that I have to kind of look past. Yes, it does. It absolutely does. Especially, you know, for one of the only other characters of color to be this like mystical black character. It's like, that's a, that's rough, man. That's rough. They do it on Bojack too. Um, I haven't seen Bojack. uh, Alison Brie voices. uh, I believe she's Vietnamese character. (laughs) And she's the main, she's like a main character. Mm -hmm. Um, She's a Vietnamese American character. And uh, yeah, it's, it's like. I remember thinking, like, this isn't representation. This is actually taking jobs yeah. away. And, like, you can't call your show really diverse by <laughs> by just, like, drawing something. Absolutely like, not. You can't, you can't do that. Absolutely not. And so I struggled with that watching it. Um, you definitely have – is it Jesse Klein who voices yeah. the other main yeah. female character? I mean, that character's storyline is – pretty heartbreaking absolutely and i was really impressed at the way they're able to harness a lot of those emotions yeah and the way that like (laughs) hormones and absolutely puberty like factor into all of it uh as she's watching her parents go through a divorce who people aren't for people who aren't familiar with the show yeah uh so that i found to be maybe one of the like (laughs) <laughs> one of the things I like related to the most definitely as a woman watching the show and just being like yes that is like you do make all these questionable decisions not to say that that's unique to being a, a woman and nor do I think the show tries to make it that way yeah. but you do make all these questionable 
questionable decisions when your life feels like it's really just crumbling in on itself. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And when you're that age, you can you can go to panic really quickly. Yeah. Um and and when there's when it's tumultuous around you, you can make the yeah, these like you said these wild decisions that that might you know might impact you um on a deeper level than you can even understand. And doing it with in an animated medium is really fascinating. I really loved how they called it out at the end of the show. I did too. Oh my god, I thought that was so It's funny. so true because it's they could funny. not be talking about sex and portraying sex and and sexuality and hormones oh my God, yeah. in the way that they were what if it was, was live the, action. What was the Wes Anderson movie with the kids? Moonrise Kingdom. Yeah, and remember the kiss and everybody talked it's about weird. it? It's weird. Yeah. It's for uh, sure. Uh, Stranger Things. There's yeah. a controversy yeah. that the uh, Duffer brothers forced some young actors into kissing on camera. Yeah, that makes me wildly uncomfortable. Of course, as it should. Yeah. As like, if you think a little too hard about what you're watching on Big Mouth, it made me uncomfortable Absolutely. at times. Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. To think about it being like the sexualization of kids. But I think it's fascinating to to kind of remove from reality a little to be able to talk about that stuff on like a higher and my understanding is that bojack kind of has a similar feeling you know i watched the like uh pilot of bojack like a couple like a year or two ago and i was like you know i don't think it's for me it's kind of like it's kind of mean yeah and i and then i read this article that was like it's all about depression Mm. and i was like okay i'll give it another shot and it's like I mean, it's unbearably sad. Yeah. The show is, I mean, into says. it. I've seen everything and it's like, oh man, they're, you know, it's kind of what we're talking about. Like, what do you do when you get everything and you're like still kind of unhappy? And like, it, it, that I would say is a main theme of it, uh, of like, just like, you can't shake the depression no matter like what success you have. And it's just like, it deals with some like really large themes that's like, but like, the character's a horse, a horse and like his agent's a cat <laughs> yeah. and it's just like it's a wackadoo idea but it's yeah no I like I do like it but yeah I've been I've been kind of inspired by animation lately and and the things you can do with it have you taken any stabs at trying to write for animation or uh, I, I think the next thing I want to do is an animated project now the idea of like getting somebody to collaborate who would want to do that is like I mean that search is going to take me a while it's um, a completely different beast absolutely and like it would take forever and like and that I'm, person would require so I would require so much work from them I even definitely have heard Nick Kroll comment on how much more work Big Mouth really? was than any of his really? other projects like how much time and energy went into it compared to like making the Kroll show really did he say cite why I think probably just because of the nature of like notes and uh, translating things to a different medium yeah. than just being able to like make and create a sketch. But to be honest, he didn't elaborate yeah. in what I heard. I mean, it's just like because there's a part of me that's like, oh, I want to do an animated thing because filming this pilot like almost killed me <laughs> with like really long shoot sure. days and like the amount of like now I need a gaffer now I need a sound guy now I need a DP and do we have the right equipment I need to go get lights I need to drop this off we need to get food I you mean know, it is you know. becoming a you know a different conversation uh, I know there was one surrounding Rick and Morty in terms of the animators contracts and their oh, yeah. time being respected and so I think it's probably trading one thing for another and probably. maybe in that case it might be more beneficial for you because you would be forced <laughs> to hand it off more yeah I mean yeah that yeah truly I'd have to find somebody because like 
it's not just like asking somebody it's not like I, I can't draw I can't hand them sketches and say make them move like I need to find a person's style that I like and like the way they be able to like develop characters exactly with them. yeah so um yeah so if you know anybody <laughs> <laughs> and if you're listening yeah. and you want to collaborate on an animation project absolutely uh Cool. Well, I was just kind of interested in getting at like the kinds of stories that you're drawn to and, and things like that. Yeah. Um, I think I like uh, really sad characters um, and not in the not like depressed characters like loneliness is definitely a theme that like I like and that can that can be uh, I think it's I think it's probably because like, you know, I have felt lonely sure. at many points in my life and like. And and think obviously we all have and like, and and you want and it was like in my m- mid and early twenties it was definitely like a theme for me of like feeling lonely and like not wondering what I'm doing and all but on top of it like at times in my lower moments like wanting to be somebody else and like so when I'm like writing, cause I, 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 now I'm writing things that are like not only comedy, but like I'm trying to like that hopefully they have weight and like, and I, and I try and, um, I usually, uh, thus far characters have like tended to like deal with like indescribable loneliness or cause I just feel like for me, that is a tearjerker. Like this doesn't give anything away, but in Ladybird there's a character that gets stood up and left at home and I cried in the theater oh. and I was just like, Oh God, you deserve to be happy. That's like, just the thing that's always yeah, going to, that's just, you know, and it's like, I just, yeah, I think it's just a place of like, I want to, everybody deserves love. And yeah. like, you know, um, so, so yeah, I think, I think like, um, I enjoy the like, the like subtly lonely characters and like, you know, I mean, it makes sense why, like, one of my favorite shows of all time is The Office, and, like, Michael Scott is a lonely dude. Oh, yes. He's got a loneliness about him. There's, like, pain behind those eyes, and, like, that's what makes him so funny. So it can, be on, it can be on so many different levels. It can be, like, overwhelming sadness and loneliness, but it also can just be, like, what are you guys doing after work? Yeah. Like, oh, I mean, know? I saw someone post recently that they had just started watching The Office for the first time, and they were like, uh, does it get easier to watch? Because I fucking hate <laughs> this guy, and I just wanted to be, like... Well, yeah, like you always hate him, but that's like what the show is about. Yeah. It's like seeing who this person is that you hate and yeah. what makes him so fucking sad. Yeah, like, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> just like his boyish personality and like social cues and just, absolute desperation. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. that made that was like the cringe watching of yeah. The, you I, know, I learned as, to love that. I mean, I, I think like. So I, I've done like two written two mockumentary pilots and I've had so much fun doing it. But I think like I, and I know that it has come out of like a love uh, an appreciation of the office. And now I have to be like, and now you need to put that away for a yeah. while. And I, like that was really fun. But like this can't be the only thing you're doing. Right. And that was kind of where I was coming to asking what you thought kind of your trajectory yeah. might be. It seems like it's kind of settling into like you started in a little bit more like docu- or mockumentary space. It, it, it was it was definitely there for a while um, for like the last like three plus years and then I think now I'm like and also I'm like a big Christopher Guest fan oh, so it's yeah. like you know I mean who ain't <laughs> truly like just those like 
just those like like the subtle mockumentary comedies like can really really strike a chord with a lot of people obviously and like so I think just now just um, especially after like working on this last project that's like taken a year and a half I'm like yeah I'd <laughs> closing like, the book <laughs> yeah because you know on some level it is a crutch of storytelling and, sure and and not to say it's no disrespect to it whatsoever it's but I just I, I would like to keep continue to challenge myself to try other things yeah yeah especially when so much of it like we were saying earlier is about you know being able to take on what whatever the room wants out of you as a writer yeah out yeah, of the project absolutely. or whatever yeah uh is there anything else that you would specifically feel remiss to not mention when you're talking about writing no i mean this whole thing was a struggle for me as you know <laughs> to come in and like talk Elaborate. about it. I mean, people would be like really it was a struggle you just talked for like over an hour about it pretty easily and like didn't ask mary beth a question which like will probably you're eat you up to. inside <laughs> on the you're ride home <laughs> um but no, I'm. Uh, this is a delight, and thank you for having me. <laughs> okay, one last thing, just to bring it uh, full circle. How do you feel like your love of writing and your interest here, and uh, you know, your knowledge of going through this process, has influenced you as a creative and kind of just in general as a person? I think that I, as I mentioned, I've, I've. Um, I think I'm beginning to have more trust in other people that it, just on like a daily basis. And like, I think when you're young, you have a bit of hubris that you know what's best and what's right. Mm. And like being here and collaborating with everybody in the room. And like when we get to do things that aren't cards and like hearing their ideas and they're so funny and, and original, I'm like, yeah, like, this is better than something I could have created. And like, well, how am I not working with other people? Yeah. So I think that like, it's just, it, it's me, it's maybe more open, um, in my, in my daily life as well of like, like, I think, whereas like, if I met somebody at a party that like, wasn't in the creative field a couple years ago, I would have kind of written them off as quote unquote boring. Right. And now I can be like, no, they have an interesting life. And like, I should hear about it. And not from like, a what can I zap from them? What can I of grab course. for creative, just a, like a human to human connection. And like, I, so I think it's just taken, it, I think it's helped me with skepticism and like being less of a cynic in my daily life and, and vice versa in my writing as well. I could it's just been it's been nicer that's so lovely i feel like on the surface you would feel like it might be the opposite like (laughs) writing has made you feel more you know introverted yeah and you know (laughs) against the world and and solitary but it's really wonderful yeah getting the chance to to work in a room is yeah uh thank you so much for doing this man this is a delight and i'm glad i did thank you for having me i've had a great time too i love you indian love you too man thanks This has been a Nerdalogs production. If you'd like to help make more things like this, please visit patreon.com slash nerdalogs to donate today. And go to www.nerdalogs.com for more cool stuff. Thanks for being awesome. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.